You're listening to Unfiltered, the podcast. On Unfiltered, we bring you conversations of empowerment with entrepreneurs from all walks of life. We take off the filters and take you behind the scenes, uncovering the lessons, stories, and nitty-gritty of our guests' journeys across different sectors and niches. I'm your host, Aisha Addo. Welcome to Life Unfiltered. Welcome to another episode of Unfiltered, the podcast. Today, we are talking all things travel with Cassie Isabella Woodley. Cassie is a multidiscipline creative hailing from Toronto who has been working in both the travel industry and social work field for more than four years. Her background in child and youth work combined with her love for travel has made her passionate about using her access to travel to aid in international development and also to create opportunities for people from disenfranchised communities to experience the world. This is such an amazing and eye-opening conversation. So make sure that you have your passport close to you because who knows, you might want to take a trip after this. This is Unfiltered. Thank you so very much, Cass, for being on the Unfiltered podcast. We are so happy to have you here and to hear your journey of entrepreneurship, but more importantly, the journey of starting a travel brand. So for those that do not know you, who is Cassie? Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate the opportunity to share my journey as an entrepreneur. I am Cassie Isabella Woodley. I am co-founder and CEO of The Roaming Republic, a travel company that aims to get more minorities abroad by creating essentially a family of travelers, a community of travelers all over the world who we house in villas and beyond our group trips, we foster a big family-like community like that goes beyond the trip. My background is in event planning, social work, and I'm also an artist in many lengths and I've been a part of a lot of startups. So that is essentially where I got a lot of my skills to be able to do this. And I started out as a travel blogger that eventually bloomed into a company. And that's who I am. And I was also a flight attendant for four years last year. Yeah. That's really amazing. So what inspired the start of Roman Republic? I know you mentioned you were a travel blogger and like you also have a very non-traditional background in terms of, you know, yes, you do event planning, but you are a social worker, you're an artist. So how did all of that kind of like merge into the start of Roman Republic? So for those who don't know, I started the company with my business partner who has passed away, uh, unfortunately, almost a year from now, uh, Sed. So Sed had a background and he was like the kind of person who always hosted camp trips trips and like mm. got his friends together for um, different types of fun like local trip and he lived abroad in Malaysia and we met through an online black travel community that worked to help each other like build our own travel presence and build our own Instagram pages so we were friends through that and at the time I was also building my own like travel brand Bella Worldwide and I was hosting like black travel meetups for travelers and had put out a pitch to see if any other travel influencers wanted to work on a group trip as some of my travel travel friends were asking me to host a group trip since I knew a lot of people in the community and said at the time wanted to do a group trip to Thailand so he asked me if I could help him and we ended up planning that trip together no plans of creating a business out of it really and truly it was just supposed to be a one-off like group trip to Thailand started January 2018 planned it and the trip happened in August and it went so well that everybody was like you guys should really do this again because you guys work so well together so we decided to do the same trip again with a whole new group of people same villa same location everything and then by 
by the time we launched that, it sold out in like less than 24 hours. Oh, wow. So we decided to do another one to Costa Rica, which was at the time my favorite place. Sold out again in 24 hours. And then we decided to continue to add more and more trips until we discussed creating a business out of it because both of us wanted to have a group trip business. So why not combine our forces and do it together mm-hmm. since it was something we were both really passionate about getting minorities abroad and something we both had together. We had a lot to offer. Mm-hmm. Like said, is a really good people person. He's like great at talking to people, getting people together. I had a lot of experience with business and administration and just handling that, that kind of stuff and also like hosting trips and bringing people together as well. And our aim was the same, to get mm-hmm. minorities abroad at an affordable cost. Mm-hmm. So we decided to start brainstorming names. I built our website, came up with the name The Roman Republic after about a month or two, I'd say, um, throwing names back and forth. And December 2018, we launched the name and the reception, like it was so well received. And since then, the community has continued to grow through our roamers, which is, those are our community members and they're called roamers. Mm-hmm. And they've continued to push the word out, spread the name, like really rep the company. And that has really allowed it to grow to where it is now. An mm-hmm. online community of more than 10,000 and like official roamers, over 400 of them. So who become official roamers as they join our trips, of course. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially how we got to here. Uh, he passed away, unfortunately, in May last year after us only doing two trips. Uh, unfortunately, he wasn't a part of our first official trip as a company, uh, which would have been our Bali trip, I think, was the first trip we launched under our name. But it's continued to grow after that. It decided to continue going with it and it's continued to grow and people have continued to support it. And it's just evolved as a company now to something mm-hmm. bigger than we could have even imagined. Well, sorry about your loss. And I'm sure, like, you know, it's in a way also, like, keeping his legacy as well alive, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the main questions that I have, and, like, this is something that you mentioned a lot throughout, you know, your introduction and, like, even talking about Roman Republic. And I guess this is also something that both you and Seth had in common was around, like, Black minorities um, traveling. So, like, I have a question, like, why Black minorities specifically? And, like, what is it about the travel industry or, like, even just travel in general that you felt like they weren't necessarily tapping into as much? Okay, so for me, I'm Black, first of all. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I've always been very passionate about things that have to do with my community Mm -hmm. and advancing my community. Because if we're not doing it, who else will? Absolutely. Secondly, when I first had, like, an itch to start traveling and I was on Instagram, like, starting to build my own, like, travel personality, there wasn't a lot of us out there. There wasn't a lot of representation of Black travel bloggers or Black people traveling abroad. A lot of these travel pages featured white people. And so it wasn't something that I felt like we were seeing a lot of. Travel Noir at the time was one of the only. Travel Noir and Nomadness Tribe were the only two that I really knew of. Mm -hmm. And so for me, and even now as Black travel community has grown, the representation wasn't there. So if we don't see ourselves doing it, then we're less likely to go abroad and experience these things that a lot of other communities do experience. And I don't know what life is like for you growing up, but I know that a lot of my Black friends, growing up, your family members or your parents don't really encourage you to go travel abroad. It's always like, there's always a sense of fear ascribed to it. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, you don't know what's going to happen if you go to there. You know, they do Mm -hmm. things like this in that country. So it's very limiting. Well, other communities, like a lot of white families, they're encouraged to go spread your wings and experience Mm -hmm. yourself and find yourself abroad. So when I started traveling, which really began when I became a flight attendant, I experienced things that I could never have experienced in my own environment. Mm -hmm. If I was only exposed to my own environment and I was like, bruh, I need more Black people to experience this. So mm. that's the Bella Worldwide page. It was all about just showing people that we are out here and we are doing this. And this is what you will experience if you do go abroad. Mm-hmm. You'll find parts of yourselves that you wouldn't have experienced at home. Mm-hmm. And I would have a lot of people reach
reach out to me inspired that I was traveling, inspired that I was doing these things that they don't see a lot of us doing because there's so much fear ascribed to it. And I would find a lot of people were inspired to do the same. I've inspired a lot of people to take their first solo trip or go abroad or go to a lot of these places that we're not often seeing. So that is why targeting minorities is so important to me because it's not something that we grow up being exposed to or encouraged to do. Now, the Black travel community has grown so much and we're seeing so much doing it. But even still, there are still people who are in the hood who are still not exposed to this life, who are still amazed by it it even to this day and it still it shocks me because I'm so immersed in this community but there's still a lot of them who benefit from seeing a group of 30 black people in a villa in Southeast Asia or in somewhere like Morocco or especially mm-hmm. like in the motherland like or just places where we're not often seen so I think it's important to like continue to encourage us to find ourselves in these places bring ourselves out there defeat the stigmas help those people be exposed to us mm-hmm. in positive ways as well as opposed to just the ways that they see us on TV or whatnot mm-hmm. and yeah just continue to to push that narrative that Black people are out there traveling and we are out there learning things and learning about new cultures and countries, so. That's actually a really, really good point because, like, for me, like, my first travel experience outside of, of course, Canada and Ghana was actually how we met in Costa Rica, right? It is very interesting because, like, there are a lot of folks that, like, travel was never necessarily, like, a part of... It it wasn't something that people were encouraged to do. It wasn't something that families encouraged their kids to do. There are people that, like, you know, have lived in Canada their whole lives that do not even own a passport like you know what I mean so like there are different barriers that different people like experience when it comes to travel but you mentioned something around like even like solo traveling so I personally know that like before you started Roman Republic you were an avid solo traveler like you were one of like people that really and truly like shed more light on it so I want to talk a little bit about traveling solo and safety because you do know that like for a lot of people the first thing that they ask when they're going to a new place is how safe is it right and especially for marginalized folks black people women how safe are like you know some of these places for them and those are some of the like the very first questions that they ask so for you as someone that was an avid solo traveler what do you think that you know that experience or that part of your journey has taught you about yourself and how do you navigate these spaces when it comes to like safety okay this is a question people ask a lot especially when I was a lot more focused on my solo travel I don't want to take away from the fact that like there are dangers abroad. Anywhere you go, there are safety risks, right? Mm -hmm. But I have never in my own personal solo travel encountered anything that made me feel like I need to put out a warning to people that solo travel is dangerous ever. Mm -hmm. I've always felt safe. I've always felt secure wherever I go. For people who have a concern about it, especially women, about traveling solo and like maybe things like kidnapping or just not knowing somebody in a foreign country, I would say the biggest tool that you have is tapping into the online community that we have. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest things that I love to do when I'm about to travel somewhere is put it out to, I would either reach out to people who I know are already living in that country that I've formed friendships with through Instagram, who are well-known travel bloggers or travel personalities, or I would post like, hey, I'm going to be in this country. Does anybody want to link up? And there's a, a large community of Black travelers who create that community online. And knowing that they're there can create a sense of safety as well. Or you can find tips from them ahead of time or read blogs from people who go to the countries that you're about to travel to and that gives you a lot of insight on like any safety precautions or things you need to look out for such as like places like Spain for example because there's a stigma around black women in Spain that most of them are prostitutes so I remember 
prior to going there on my first solo trip, reading that there's a lot of hostility from local Spaniards towards Black women because of that. And that was like a little bit of made me a little nervous going there. I didn't encounter it personally myself, but it was something that I had to be alert or aware of. I didn't have any issues with it. Those blogs can serve as like precautionary. There's always a blog about a country you're going to. There's always some Instagram posts about a country you're going to. Just search the tags, search the location tags, the, the location on Google even, and just put blog and you'll find information that you need to prepare yourself, put your mind at ease and be ready. There's a lot of options for accommodations that can feel a lot safer, like getting an Airbnb where you're renting, booking a room inside somebody's house. When I went to Spain, that's what I did. So I had my own room, my own kitchen, but I was in a local's house. So even though I was out there solo, she was there to guide me, tell me where to go, where not to go, what to do. And I felt a lot safer because I was there. So if you're not 100% safe, there's options like that. Or hostels where you can stay in a dormitory with other females or just males as well. And you make friends that way. And you'll find a lot of other solo travelers that way who can help guide you. And you're probably both there for the first time as well and can kind of navigate the country together. So there's options like that if you really don't feel safe or need a little bit of feeling of a safety for your first time. Those are the kind of tips that I would give to somebody solo traveling for the first time. Again, I can't necessarily say that I've encountered any real safety risk traveling Uh solo ever in my life. That's just my personal experience. That's amazing, right? Because again, like it's about sharing like, you know, the authentic aspect of your travels and like the authenticity of the places that you've been to and your experiences. So again, like everyone has different experiences, right? But you did give some amazing tips in terms of if you are apprehensive about a place, if you are thinking twice about a place or you do not have information about the place, literally the internet has everything that you need to know, right? So what do you think that like solo traveling taught you about yourself when you were like an avid solo traveler? Like even like now, like what is traveling teaching you? Oh, wow. I probably learned more from travel than I have from anything in my life. Where could I even start? For one, the biggest thing I remember standing in Spain and realizing how small my little problems are in comparison to how big this world is. Like, I remember standing there and just feeling like, wow, I've traveled across the world and I'm in a completely different world with a completely different culture, completely different language, here by myself. If I can place myself in here and navigate through this, what can I not get through? What can I not make it through? That's how I felt standing in Spain. It opens your mind to the fact that, like, the way you think is not the only way to think in this world. Like, when you're stuck in your own little bubble, your own little corner, it's easy to feel like this is the one way to think whether it's spiritually, mentally, emotionally, this is the one way it should be or this is the one way things should be. But then when you expose yourself to new religions, new ways of thinking, ways of cooking, ways of speaking that you didn't even imagine existed, Mm -hmm. it opens up your mind to just like the endless possibilities of thinking, of feeling, of believing. Mm -hmm. It really just expands your mind in ways that you can't do in your own backyard. It gives you a sense of confidence. Solo traveling just like makes you feel like invincible almost. (laughs) Because if you can navigate a country that speaks a different language, has a different culture, that is completely different than what you're used to by yourself, you feel invincible. You feel like you can do absolutely anything. So you come back with this newfound like confidence and ability to believe in yourself and what you can do, honestly. Mm -hmm. And then it pushes you out of your comfort zone. That's the biggest thing. You're really pushed out of your comfort zone. Travel pushes you out of your comfort zone, but solo travel pushes you out of your comfort zone in a way that nothing else can because Mm -hmm. you're forced to do it by yourself. You're forced to use Google Translate or figure out street signs that are in a different language or whatever the case is. You're forced to do things that you just wouldn't have to do in your own backyard again. You can't come back the same when you go on a solo trip. You really can't. Yeah. No, those are some really amazing tips and like some amazing lessons. How do you apply some of those lessons to entrepreneurship and like to running your your business currently? Well, again, if I can 
navigate a country solo. Mm-hmm. For me, doing that, the thing with the Roman Republic is everything has happened organically. Mm-hmm. It hasn't really been, oh, I had this idea and I had to force it. Everything was just, this is the, the space I find myself in. I love to travel. Mm-hmm. I love, now that it's inspiring other people, I love to inspire other people to travel. How can I do that on a larger scale? Mm-hmm. We can do this with group trip. Let's do this and make it affordable. How can we make this affordable? Find villas, leverage the contacts that I've made on my solo travels so that I can bring them back to those countries and negotiate good prices with the people that I've connected with on my trips. So everything happened organically. Doing that, I wouldn't necessarily say that I've applied the lessons. I'm sure I have applied the lessons in many ways, but I would say it more so inspired me to just create the opportunity for other people to do the same. What I've experienced, I just feel like it's so important for other people to experience it too. And that's what drives my desire to have a business that allows other people to experience what I experienced, how travel has changed my life. And I want that for other people as well. It's more so like I want them to experience those lessons. I want to give other people the opportunity to do that. And I'm sure in some way or another, the confidence that I've gained in my solo travels has allowed me to have the confidence to run a business as well, to feel like I can do this. If I could do this on a small scale, I can do it on a larger scale. Wow, no, that's very, very impressive. And I love the fact that you talked about gaining the confidence to be able to recognize if you can take something from like, you know, a small community to a bigger community, then like, you know, your ability to scale is tenfold. Like, you know what I mean? So that is actually really, really great. So I like to always ask folks around, you know, what some of like the challenging aspect of their journey has been. So like for you, what would you say has been one, or if not one, like what has been some of the most challenging part of like running Roman Republic? For one, when you start something out of as a passion project and not like a business idea, those two angles can determine a lot in terms of your entrepreneurial journey. With passion, you're doing it because you love it. It's not even about the money. It's never been about Mm -hmm. the money. It's like, I really want to get people abroad. Mm -hmm. The problem with that can be that (laughs) you make a lot of choices based off of, okay, you know, this person can't pay. We'll be lenient about the payment because I really want you to get on this trip. Mm -hmm. But business-wise, that's not necessarily the smartest thing because then you find yourself in deficit because you've allowed people (laughs) do free trips. (laughs) Yeah. And I am very much a part of my community. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows me. Everybody has formed some form of relationship with me, which also can be a challenge because if you didn't know me and you just knew the Roaming Republic as a business and that was the face of a business, you're less likely to ask uh, lenience on your payments or Mm. be slack with your payments or it can create challenges with the relationship with people who are my customers, but also I've built friendships with them. Drawing that line is a big challenge for me as a person who's an empath and I just care about people a lot. That has been a huge challenge for me, I'd say. So I have team members who have to like be the mean one for me Mm. because I'm very much, oh, but like, I can't say no. I can't like just take them off the trip because this, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's a big challenge. The other challenge is budgeting. Mm -hmm. In the first year of any company, sometimes the projections you make in terms of what you're going to spend are so off. And with group trips, that is a big challenge because, for example, could have released a trip in January at a certain price, right? I say charge $800 per person. And that was budgeted based off of this is how much the breakfast is going to cost. This is how much the transportation is going to cost. This is how much the excursions are going to cost. But then come the trip, the vendors might be like, oh, actually the cost of the groceries was this much. So mm-hmm. your breakfast is this much. So you're going to have to pay this much. We've had to up the price of this excursion because it's a different season or a new regulation has come. That happened to me in South Africa. So by the end of the year, you've realized you've overspent what you've charged. And especially for me, my goal is to make it affordable. Mm-hmm. So we generally, the, these trips are at cost. They operate at cost and there isn't much wiggle room for that space. So that's a huge challenge. I'm navigating like keeping them up cost effective, but also not so that I'm in 
in the red because trying to keep it cost effective. So budgeting properly so that you're able to keep the business sustainable is a big mm-hmm. challenge. Mm-hmm. And that all comes back to it being a passion project and not a business project, you know, because mm. like, it's really been about we want to get these people out there. We want it to be affordable and we want them to be able to come out here. Right. Because a lot of challenges that minorities experience is the fact that they can't afford to travel. So yeah. we want to change that, make it affordable. Those are challenges that I've experienced, but challenges that can be overcome with solutions like negotiating better, learning how to negotiate better. Right. Mm. So that I can keep the cost low, but still have wiggle room for fluctuation as well. Yeah, I'd say those are the two biggest challenges, budgeting and creating a boundary between business and friendship. Those are some like really, really good lessons that you've learned, especially one of the things that really like hit me was around like the passion and business. Because for me personally, like most of like the stuff that I started was based off of passion, like right. it was, like passion project. Right. And then like, you're gonna be like, yo, listen, you gotta eat. So yeah. I don't know what it is that you think you're doing right now, but you gotta yeah. eat. Like, so, right? But it's very interesting though, because it's like the passion is what keeps you going, right? Yeah. And the conversation here is not that like your business should not have passion and your business Absolutely. should not have heart. It's a matter of like, how do you navigate between the mm-hmm. two? And like, it actually brings me back to like a question that I literally wrote down here for you specifically, because I know that like you started traveling as a hobby and like you said, uh, something that you really cared about and something that you were passionate about and then you've turned it into a business. So my question was, how do you manage the two and like, how do you even differentiate the two? It can be a bit stressful at times, right? When you're running travel as a business and when you're doing traveling as a hobby. So for someone like me, if I come on like, you know, the Roman Republic trip, it will be a different experience for me than for you, the person that's actually organizing the trip, right? So how do you manage the two and ensure that you still have that passion, but then you're Mm. still able to like run your business in a way that is effective and in a way that's sustainable? It's a really, really good question because that's something that I have really struggled with. As you know, somebody who starts something out of passion, travel is something that I love, but I did find that it lost its novelty for me Mm. because it became work, right? Mm -hmm. So people will always say, Cass, you're so lucky. Like, you know, you get to travel and for work and whatnot. I'm like, yeah, but I'm working. Like, Like, it doesn't feel like I'm on vacation when I'm doing our art trips. It feels like work. As much as like my roamers are so good about Cass, you need to stop working. Cass, you need to enjoy yourself. I have to make sure everything's running smoothly. The one thing that I do that I try to do all the time is either come to the country early or stay a few days after. And those times I really enjoy because I honestly am not experiencing the country when I'm Mm -hmm. running the trip. Mm -hmm. But when I have the time before the trip or after the trip to just wind down and just explore myself, sometimes a couple of roamers will stay behind. But because I'm no longer a trip, I'm off the clock. That's been really important for me. Initially, my goal was to always just plan my own solo trips in between, but then our schedule got really busy. So that's not feasible. So really just, if it's possible, making sure that I'm able to enjoy my trip. So if I'm going to generalize it, making sure you're still in, making time to enjoy that passion mm-hmm. outside of the work mm-hmm. is very important, whether that's planning a solo trip or coming early and leaving late so that I have the time to just like do what I would want to do in my own time on a trip. Leave feeling refreshed like I did have a little trip as well. That has been like my saving grace, I think, and has helped a lot with reminding myself of why I want other people to experience this because I have to keep feeling it too in order to want Mm -hmm. to give that to other people. It's actually very, very good in terms of like, you know, you've been able to merge, you know, your your personal well-being, your rumors, mental well-being, but then also Mm -hmm. ensuring that you still keep that fire going that allows you to keep doing this, right? So like, where do you see the industry going or like, do you see the travel industry changing over the next couple of years? I don't know if I would say it would change. Travel is always going to be something people desire. I think especially with this lockdown and travel bans going on, more than ever, people are itching to travel. Oh, yes. Um, 
that as soon as these travel bans are lifted, people are going to be not even caring about who they're going with. Like, it's just, where do I book? Where do I put the money? I need to go. It's hard for me to say, like, for sure, economically, how it'll be affected or anything like that, because there's a lot of, like, talk about flight being more expensive after this in order for airlines to be able to uh, get back on track and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So many things are, like, indefinite right now. But I do think that the desire to travel, the desire to go on group trips is going to be there for sure. And it's just going to keep growing. There's always going to be people who want to travel. So the need for this is always going to be there. Financially, that's the only thing I could say. It's just hard to say, like, what that's going to look like after all this. Cost of villas, the cost of flight. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to say what that's going to look like. But then that just challenges me to find other ways to subsidize that income. And we have other channels that we are working on building right now, like our much-awaited apparel line that people are waiting for and other means of making that happen and hopefully mm -hmm. still being able to keep the costs affordable. You know, yeah. I hope that answers the question. That's a good answer, right? Because again, like we're in a space that we've, none of us, well, for our generation anyways, we've not necessarily experienced before, right? So right. it is new. Like they say, like history always repeats itself. So this is something that will definitely come out of and there'll be greater stories for it. So like you have created an online community and you've created a community of rumors that not only believe in the brand, but then also believe in the goal and the mission of the company in itself. So how have you been able to sustain um, and continue to build that community and that brand? And like, what kind of tips would you give to folks that are new in the space and are also looking at ways that they can send themselves to travel? I think that's one of the biggest ways that this company has been able to continue growing at the pace that it has grown is the community aspect. Mm -hmm. I think any company that wants to be able to grow has to have like a community feel that creates a sense of loyalty because mm -hmm. your clients are the ones who are going to push the brand and keep it going. Mm -hmm. So how we do that is really on the trips. Like roamers are roamers. So they have a name, first of all. Mm -hmm. You know, like you come on a trip, you become a part of this community, you're officially a roamer. And we post them on our page so they connect with each other when they see each other posted. We highlight them on our page. Like we do like a weekly roamer thing every so often where we highlight roamers, the trips they've been on. They get to answer some questions about travel and whatnot. On the trips, doing the villas creates a sense of family. Whereas like if you were on a hotel or resort, you're more separated so you don't get that feel. And they also share rooms too on our trips. And we do like a welcome dinner. We do a lot of like planned itinerary allows you to like do things as a group and go through things as a group that creates the sense of family. And I think it's really just all of that and experiencing that when you leave the trip, we have group chats for each trip and they continue talking to each other after that and continue talking about which trip they're going to go on next. Like mm. I can't wait to travel with each other again. We do meetups in between the trips as well. Sometimes just like in a random city like Atlanta or New York or wherever. And we just continue to foster that community in between trips as well. Mm -hmm. So those relationships people build on the trips continue in between. And then they oftentimes they've already rebooked the next trip by the time they've left the trip and they're looking forward to see each other. So there's like so many levels to creating that sense of community and it's fostered in little, little ways. Like, but I would say that it starts with how we run the trip, which is mm -hmm. the villa feel, the shared rooms, the welcome dinners, like sitting as a family and eating and just like reiterating what this is about. Leading by example as well, just like mm -hmm. making sure everybody feels included when they're on the trip, checking in with everybody as much as I can, you know, having hosts on the trips who are there to like make sure everybody is involved and like if there's any issues, we're dealing with those right away. Yeah, it's, it's I, I think it's really fostered and created on the trips and then carried throughout in between. That's really amazing. And like, again, in this day and age where communities are very fragile, it's very interesting how like, you know, your brand has been able to develop something again that is sustainable and is able to carry on for a long time. Um, So we are nearing the end of our 
conversation. It's been such an honor to like really get in touch with you and talk to you more about Roman Republic and the amazing community that you folks have created. So right now, what's next for you and for Roman Republic? Where do you see yourselves in the next couple of years? What's next is more trips, bigger scale. We have plans to create YouTube channel that hopefully will turn into a reality TV series. That's oh, always that's my goal. I have a background in acting. Um, Seth had a background in films. I often talked about doing this. That's always been my goal, to merge all of my passions and bring it together. So uh, we've kind of done little pilots and little test runs of that. We'll have a video released in the next month that will give a little feel of what that could look like. That's on the table, expanding to the, the YouTube channel. Also give an opportunity to let more of our roamers be in the spotlight through the YouTube channel as well and getting to know who our community is through the roamers world, which is the new community that we're going to be expanding into. Also launching our apparel brand this year, which is really big, our travel apparel brand. And then I have plans to also expand into a not-for-profit branch, which will focus because on all, all of our trips, we try to have a give back element where we give back to the communities that we visit. Mm-hmm. So our not-for-profit will focus on raising funds for those give back elements so that it's already prepared and planned and also having like at least one to two volunteerism trips every year and just creating other initiatives to give back to the travel world throughout the year. So those are the near future plans for 2020 and just more trips. That is yeah. really amazing. That sounds so exciting. I can't wait to like actually see it all come to fruition. So my very last question for you, and this is a question that like I started asking all of my guests and it is if you could do it all over again would you absolutely in a heartbeat this is the best thing that's ever happened to me having this company yeah well there you have it folks so Kaz before you leave where can people hear you know know more about you learn more about your company where can they follow you what sites can they go on and even to keep up with you and all the things that you folks have coming up you can follow me on Instagram at Bella Worldwide Bella Worldwide and my company The Roaming Republic so The Roaming Republic on Instagram and we're also on our website www.theroamingrepublic and look out for the YouTube channel that will be launching The Roamers World in the coming month. Yeah. Wow. You have been very, very busy, but this has been so exciting. Thank you so very much for being on the podcast. I cannot wait for the world to actually hear all the things that you're doing. Thank you for having me, Aisha. Well, I don't know about you, but I am sure ready to book a trip now. Please be sure to follow Cassie and The Roaming Republic on all social media platforms and make sure that you book a trip. You definitely deserve it. Until next time, this is Unfiltered.